0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Dumble we'll Speak, where we are a podcast seeking the truth of God as revealed in His Word, and I am one half of the host team here, Chaelin. And I'm Roy. And today we're going to pick up where we uh, left off dealing with Bible uh, translations and how we've come to the amount of Bibles that we now have in uh, uh, modern times. So, Roy, I'm going to let you start us off, because I think you know where we ended last time really well, and I think we were on a certain subject. I think you'd agree
1: that we have an abundance Really, of riches of treasures in the English Bible, because we have so many translations, the majority of which are pretty good. If you want to, sure. be, if we're being honest, and there are
0: some questionable and, ones. Sure, I there are, and, and one,
1: one of these days we may actually just do a little addendum where we say these are the ones you might want to avoid. <laughs> sure, but uh, and but, there are several. Of those, sure, believe it or not. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, but but overall, you know, God has really blessed us. God in His divine providence always knows what the world needs, and as we know, beginning probably in the 1700s, English began to be propagated throughout the world, thanks to the British Empire and, and also America, the foundation of the United States, and all that. Amer- English became a world language, much as in the past you had you had Latin or you had Greek. You have this language. This this rich language. It's very diverse. It's a Germanic language, but it encompasses a lot of other things brought in, including Greek and Latin, as well as uh, definitely Norman French from that era, and, and of course German. And so it becomes a uh, mutt language, I guess you would say. It's sort of like a mixed breed. It's a it's not a pure breed language. Uh, English is a Germanically derived language, but it's not German, and it's certainly not Celtic, and it's, but yet it has all these things, and it has the classical Romance with a few words coming from Latin and some from Greek. So it's, it's, a, it's a rich language, and it's my only language. I may know a few words in various other languages, but it's really the only language I speak. wouldn't even say we know enough to survive. Right. In other no, we don't even yeah. know That's enough really to survive. Difficult. Very minimal. And because of that, I don't understand this, but I, I always hear, I have heard, and I've heard this firsthand when I was in college, from people who's, who this was their second language, and they would say, English is incredibly hard to learn. so it's incredibly hard to translate into so to have these wonderful rich translations that many of them actually do get close to the ideas of the original Greek and Hebrew that's that's a blessing that's
0: a blessing well without a doubt you know because how how would you like to live in a time where you even had to uh, work extremely hard to get your hands on a Bible you're holding
1: in your hand now a phone that has a digital copy of numerous translations. I've probably and got no thirty. Calls. I've got really, I've probably got up to close to thirty different translations on my on my phone. And <laughs> no call, right? Yeah. Free. And so
0: we live in a in a both a blessing and a, and 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 a dilemma age yeah. with technology because technology used correctly is wonderful. I mean, I can take my computer and pull up three side by side translations, look at them as I'm preparing for a message. And and see how they handle uh, from the Greek language to rendering and into the modern vernacular. We can see which one renders it better.
1: Sure, and and it's sort of I talked about it's an abundance, but it's sort of almost an embarrassment of riches because we're at we're at this. You said a dilemma. The dilemma is, well, which one do I choose? No, yeah, and, and how do I choose it? Well, you know what's the best Bible? And I didn't say this. I'm, I'm stealing someone else's phrase. It's a turn of phrase from that's probably about thirty or forty years old, but it says. The Bible is best is the one that you will read. <laughs> so you find the translation that works for you at your level, your, your, your at your education level and everything else, and you stick with that for as long as you need to. And then if you can graduate to something else, go for it. So let's review, sure. if you don't mind, a, a
0: little bit. Well, I, you asked me what my recommended translation was, and I told you my two. was the NLT for a new believer. Sure. Um, and then the NASB is my preferred. I don't mind. And, and that's not to say I'm... Either one of those, in an only sense, or a a a, um, a higher degree sense, it's just the one comfortable
1: for me. Sure, but we did not. What is your? We well, did not go over that. Uh, for for deep study throughout my life in the past majority of, of of the years that I've been on the planet, I used the King James. I did. I used the King James, um, and then I began to use the New King James, and then from there I went into the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the HCSB, and then we
0: met. That's what you packed, right?
1: That's that's what I was packing then. Yeah, so and and then I also used the English Standard Version, the ESV. Uh, from Crossway Publishers, which came out around 2001, it's been updated several times since then, which is probably why I don't really carry it anymore. They update it so, well, so often. I always
0: jokingly say to you that if a church used the ESV, they couldn't afford the pew Bibles no. so that they come out to translate. <laughs> they have to so change long.
1: them every two years. But uh, but those those were the ones that I used, and they were all, I guess, formal equivalents. But in the meantime, in the middle of that of that time, well, there's some. Commentary on Holman about whether or not it's truly a formal equivalent. That's, they, they call her, their version a dynamic equivalent translation, mm-hmm. which is a mixture of formal equivalents. And a, it's a combination of formal equivalents with um, thought uh, thought for thought. What's that called? Dynamic. Dynamic. Yeah. And well, and I'll be honest with you,
0: somewhere on your shelf you've got a book. It's Biblical uh, Interpretation. And they actually classify that as more of a paraphrase. Is the Holman? It's kind of shocked me. I don't know that I would have put
1: it in that I wouldn't. Uh, category. I wouldn't. It was actually, actually the Holman is the the Holman ranks up there with with two other Bibles that I can think of off the top of my head that are truly new translations. They are actually new translations, and that is the Holman Christian Standard Bible, the nineteen ninety six translation, but particularly the two thousand four update of the new New Living Translation, the NLT. Yeah, the NLT, and then. Um, the N E T New English Translation or Net Bible and it gets its name because it actually began on the internet and of course the NET spells net. Sure. And well, you so it's, got it's one on your I I do. I have a... I, I bought You got the full notes version. I do. I got it in uh late last year. I've only had it about about a year. It is thick. You could knock someone out with this thing. This would probably stop a bullet. It's incredibly thick. It's it's a hard cover and it's got a, it's very durably made. I like it. Wouldn't Daniel Wallace on that
0: committee for that one? He was. Okay. He was. And didn't you tell me, correct me if I'm wrong, that it probably has some of the best notes of why they chose certain wording of phrases and, and placement of words from the Greek
1: to... There are literally passages in the Bible where you get two translations. You get their thought for thought translation into modern english and then you get a formal equivalent down in word almost word for word almost interlinear down in the notes so that you understand this is actually what it says but these this is how you understand these words so you'll see the words and they'll be in greek (laughs) and then they'll tell you what it means and that sort of thing they might have an english transliteration of some of the words it's just it's just different depending on what passage you're in it's a great bible it's a great Bible. If we did video, and maybe someday we'll do a video, in well, which we, we talk there. about translations. When we get to where we're doing video on either on say a YouTube channel or through videos that we can link to a um, to a social media site or put on our uh, website, our web address, then we'll be able to show these things a little better, use camera work and stuff. But needless to say, these these Bibles that that I have used in the past were were mostly those. But in the middle of all of that. Starting somewhere in the in the early to mid two thousands, was some like, sometime after the two thousand four update of the NLT, my wife bought one and she bought a a hardcover edition and she used it to death. She got to where she was carrying it to church as she well as. Of she literally wore the cover off. She should have gotten the leather because she wore the cover off of this thing. and we still have it. It's still together. the The binding on the pages are great. The pages are all there, from the title page all the way to the back end of the glossary. It's all together, but we just we just don't have the cover anymore. But uh, the I, it was the Life Application Study Bible, the second edition on the notes on that, and it was the first update, 2004 of the NLT. And I got to say, that's when they really came into their own. They've since updated again. I think in 2008 or nine, but or, or maybe 2011. But they updated again. There's actually been a, a, another update of the NLT since then. I, don't, I have that version on my phone. That, um, the NLT, man, if you're a young person and you think the Bible's hard to understand because it, it can be as far as the language and you're, you're struggling with the, with the formal equivalence translation, by all means, uh, meet halfway and get the NLT. I think the NLT's great for that. I think it's good for people who just don't have that... They're young or they're, or they're immature in reading serious works. Because the Bible is a serious work. When I discovered, when, when my wife actually discovered the NLT, when I started reading it, I was like, oh, this is too much like a paraphrase. Actually, no, there's some good stuff in there. Now, don't don't get me wrong. There are times that it leans towards paraphrase in some sure. areas. But that helps you to get the meaning of the passage as opposed to the word-for-word equivalence from Greek to English. And that's helpful. Well, I think...
0: That's part of the problem sometimes with the Bible that, well, you and I both pack up, and and I know your wife packs it as well. The NASB, sometimes people complain about it being too choppy. It's because it is borderline, interlinear on the way it reads word for word. Uh, That is. I'm not going to say, it doesn't read exactly word for word. There is no such thing because,
1: but. No, because they they fix the word order. They fix the syntax so that it still at least is English, but you can see the greek behind it very yeah, very much very i would much. say it, i would say the greek is almost visible it has someone who owns a couple of interlinears and also has one uh, off of a website that i use that's that's very close yeah and you it's can, not an interlinear but it is very close to a for a translation that you can actually almost visibly see the greek underlying it
0: yeah you can very much so and so so what you're saying is you would recommend the nlt for a relatively new, young convert, how do sure. You uh, 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 a young Christian, an immature. I well, don't and, say immature, and, and know
1: your limitations, right? Sure. If not to sound like a elitist, uh, an intellectual snob, or anything like that, because I am not. Okay, I'm a normal guy. Uh, but some translations of the Bible, you basically need a good, uh, almost a liberal arts degree from a well, college to understand it, and 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 this a translation like the NLT or the NIV, for that matter. We'll break it down to your level. Now, I'm a 1984 NIV person. Well, I would agree with that. That's what I've got an 84 uh, NIV. Don't, uh, don't I'm, I'm not reliable. really one to go with that newer version because they, they went too close to the NIRV, which, uh, well, we'll talk about this later. But when we actually get on basic, tra- the, the various translations, the various uh, translations that are out there. But yeah, finding you a, a less than formal equivalent, a dynamic equivalent, or something like that. Um, i think it's okay to use one but if you're going to do deep study you're going to want a formal equivalence well and i think it's good to have one of each at least one of each
0: e- even even if you're doing a, a i'm sitting of the back up. if you're doing a deep study i think you would be one to also recommend the use of an interlinear and to be able to understand a little bit of the basics of greek now sure. be careful with that because if you just have a language arts or a, a Greek language tools class, yeah, you know that is dangerous. Yeah. Um, well, you've had one. You I've know. had one. That is dangerous.
1: Is that the only thing you've got? Because there are some dangers in that. Um, well, because here's the thing. You have something called semantic domain of a word, yes. a, 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 a semantic range in which a word can have multiple meanings depending on where it is placed in a sentence. And what always determines the meaning. The context, context of that sentence. Context yes, of sure. that. Sure. So,
0: um, and even English has that. You're not sure. Talking about sure, this. we have we, we have
1: words. We have words that, that fall into that category.
0: What was the one we use? Run.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Well. Okay. We just we just recently went through a, an election for Congress, Senate, in some states had governor elections. They were running in a race. They were running in a race, right? They were running for president. They were running for governor. They were running for the U.S. Senate. Running for Congress, and they were in a race. But it was a political race. It's not an actual race. There's, There's not, not people race. on feet running, right? But wouldn't you like to see them? <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> it might have been scary to watch a foot race go between the uh, last two presidential candidates. Uh, they somebody had a heart attack for sure. But we have we had this idea of run, and I ran for office. But you didn't actually run. But if you just say I ran, to, I ran. To the mailbox. You may literally have run to the mailbox. I ran out of breath. Yeah, I ran out of breath. I, what happened? I lost the ability to breathe. Yeah. I was struggling to breathe. I was hassling. My breath was hassling. Totally. So, see the dynamic range? We've just shown three different ways to view the word run or and ran.
0: The context determines, determines, what, determines what, that meant. what that means sure. in that setting. Yes. You know, because I can't say that I I ran a 5K and then say I ran for public office, and they mean
1: exactly the same thing. They do not. But I yet didn't that word, get on my foot and run. But yet that word, run, running, ran, is a simple word, right? We it's think we different. know. We think we know the word. It means you put two feet feet side by side and start running. That's not actually necessarily what we're we're saying in these examples of these sentences. So you have that. You need a decent lexicon. Yes,
0: that's where i was. Great go dictionary,
1: now. that sort of thing. Some interlinears have one built in. Now the interlinear that I use okay, and this is a free plug for Zondervan, is I use the Zondervan Mounts Interlinear, okay? Well, Bill Mounts is
0: really, you know, if you don't have his Greek courses, uh, basics of biblical Greek, this is a plug for him. Sure. That is a wonderful system to be able to pick up some of the
1: biblical Greek. Well, this has an example of two translations built in as well. Okay. Yes. Me? Oh, yes. Okay, if you're laying the Bible, if you open the book and you lay the Bible open, down through it on each page you have the Greek, and it's written in Greek. Yeah, full scale. Uh, yeah, Greek Greek characters. Okay, Greek characters. I'm sorry, not characters. The alphabet is the Greek alphabet. Then you have a number, mm-hmm. for the numbering system to take you to the dictionary, to the lexicon, to know get the range of, of meaning for that word. Uh, underneath it, above it, you have an English word for word formal equivalence. You have the interlinear of that. Okay, so they leave it in the order that it was found in the, the Greek. So remember, in some cases, those, those words are going to f- seem like they're backwards to us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah sure. You could have the verb before the before the subject and things like that. Well, because, I, you're gonna have uh connecting words, uh conjunctions maybe at the beginning of the sentence, which we don't do in English. Kai, yeah. chi, chi, and and or but will be, that word can be can mean both. It's a conjunctive oh. word. And K A I or Kappa Alpha.
0: Kappa uh, Iota yeah. Alpha. Yes. Iota alpha.
1: Uh, that's gonna be actually backwards. It's kappa. Alpha, Yoda. Yeah, you know. Yeah, Yeah. thank you. Yeah, K-A-I is how we look in our English. That's going to be at the beginning of a lot of constantly. Some some people, in some some books, Revelation, for instance. I used that interlinear more recently in doing an in-depth study on Revelation. Kaya starts almost every sentence. So, and, 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 yeah. Look at the definite article. Every time it's the God, the Jesus Christ.
0: That's right. It's, they use the God, the Christ. We we don't do that. We don't say
1: that. So, you're going to have that. And then over on the left side of the page, there's a column and it's written very small. If your, if your eyes are bad, you may need a magnifying glass to see it. Is the 95 New American Standard. mm -hmm. It's NASB 95. And then on the right page, on the right side, in that little column down the side, almost like a margin, it's the NIV. It's a nineteen eighty four yeah. NIV. You and I so you get so you can get the idea of of how translations are done, and you get two classic translations right there. You know, I,
0: I want to say this. I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but I want to say this. Sure. You and I just said now within the last week or two, we had just said I don't know. It's probably been the last week, two months, or whatever, week to two months, and we just said as you look at commentaries, it is staggering the amount of one of the people. That use the NIV, and it, it, but it's not staggering to you or I because we understand that's a very good translation. It is. It's a very good. But we grew up in an environment that that Bible was not a good translation, is what we were told. It,
1: it was. It was definitely abused by a lot of people. It, it they, was. they would say that's the bloodless Bible. And they, it
0: removed it in one verse. Yeah, you, you talked about that. that, that, that. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, no. So I mean, this this idea that somehow it denies the deity of Christ. Actually, no. It doesn't. If you take the NIV and you go to John. Which is all about the deity of Christ. That is the Christological it's gospel. It's not. It's not removed. No. In fact, it's explained in such a way. It's actually more emphatic. I think it's a learned behavior for us locally. You know, I'm, I'm sure, obviously. sure. When I say local, I mean really this whole region. We we have a lot of traditionalism. We have a lot of King James only people. Uh, but 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 I think a lot of that is a there's a fear that without uniformity, without us all conforming to the same translation. That somehow we're we're all going to walk off into error. Yeah, and, and you know what? And I understand that fear. You I used to sometimes that. think that as well. Yeah, because they're trying to hold to You're the things. You're trying to hold to a biblical and, truth. and I commend and them. And even forward. that term from Landmarkism, which is from an Old Testament vision, do not move the landmarks, talk, talking to the people of Israel. Uh, th- there was a term called landmarkism in certain Baptist circles, landmark Baptist. and they tend to be KJV only, mm-hmm. KJVO. That's a landmark. And that's King James Version, in case you're wondering what KJV means, and the O means only. So KJVO, this landmarkism, they're not going to change anything. It's A lot of it is from a, an insulated fear that modern world, and now postmodern world, has taken so much away from the church and the gospel that they have to hold on to this one thing. But what if that one thing is just a translation of the Bible from 400 years ago, and that translation in and of itself has changed over time? Exactly. There were were imperfections that had to be treated. So at what point did the King James become the perfect Bible to those people? When you dig deep, you'll find that they're basing things on a version of the Bible, and so now they've changed the language. The language, for a lot of those people, I'm serious, if you look this up, you'll find it. They're not KJV anymore, it's KJB. The King, James King James Bible, Bible and that's and KJB. T
0: that R only, really. we discussed that last time. Yeah, here. and that's
1: usually found. That's usually going to be found in a certain scholarship, and believe it or not, under reform circles. It will. The T R only, but, and T R stands so, for Textus Receptus, received text of the Bible. We talked about that last time. So let's go back over to so you know, your interlinear, right? So this interlinear, it's it's the two mounts. Okay, when it was done, uh, Robert Mounts, the father and son, was still alive. Mm-hmm. He has since passed, went on to glory, and great theologian. Oh yeah, I have his uh, his. New international commentary on the New, on the New Testament N I C N T book of Revelation. It's amazing. I have, I have, the old, I have I and I know what I want it. And I have the update, but the update is great. And they say he basically said it was practically a rewrite of the, of the original. So I need both because there might have been things I want to compare and contrast. So you if, you, if you ever want to just make a gift, you can borrow. make a donation now. Roy needs one. So anyway, Mounts uh, the father chose the text. He used an eclectic text. Mm-hmm. We'll get into this. Eclectic text means you're choosing a text that may have known variants from the majority of text. Okay, let's
0: stop there for just a moment. Let's expand. Let's, let's explain in a variant. Sure. Or let's
1: do, help because some people may be hearing this for the first time. So what's a variant? Okay, variants are... Um, you have a standard. You, you have this major, majority of the texts have this. Okay, I'm going to use, guys, I'm going to use a very nerdy example because I am a nerd on this subject. Comic books. Comic books have a cover. They're a periodical. They're a publication of a monthly magazine. They have a cover. Sometimes the cover is painted. It's different things. It's always a drawing. It's always an illustration. It can even be a photo. You have a cover, and there is, they are mass-produced. However, they have variants in which case they may have commissioned someone else to do a special cover, and for every 10 or 100 copies sold, they'll allow someone to buy this variant. That means it's not the normal, it's not the mainstream, it's not the norm, but it is it is found anyway, as and it is actually real. It's actually in that comic book, I mean, it's there. You can see it, there's the variant. In the text tradition, <clears throat> the majority text may read a certain way. Um, for the most part, John 3, 16 is usually found the same way mm-hmm. in which it's basically saying God loved the world and gave his only begotten son. His only one and only son can be it can be read that way. But there are plenty of, of, of texts that have variants and you can find them in uh, uh, 1 John, um, five, seven. Five, First seven. John 5, 7. Uh, if you want to open up the Bible and go to that.
0: You been turning there?
1: Yeah, go okay. ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, keep talking. What we are talking about here is one of the more common ones, okay? This is a variant that's known some versions of First John, and by versions I mean Greek manuscripts. And they're called manuscript because they were written manually, by a man with his hand. That's what manuscript means, right? Mm-hmm. So, it's a script meaning meaning writing, meaning text of done by, manually by the hand, by a man. So, manuscript. So, in the manuscripts that were found and they were written in Greek uh, of these Greek Greek manuscripts, these texts in First John, um, tell me again where it is. I'm always. It's five seven. Five seven. You have something that's called the comma, as if someone took a comma and inserted this in a sentence, right? A a a, a um, secondary clause. Okay, in a sentence, you have a you have a parenthetical clause. So this this is seen as a comma. Johannium means for uh, means of John. Okay, Johann John. Johannium of John. So the comma Johannium is this where in the older text that are, the older you the older the text is, or depending on the region of the, of the of the world where you find this text, this verse is not there. But then in a later tradition, beginning around uh, well, the- six hundred A.D., and then it really picks up after about thousand A.D. After about the eleventh century, you begin to find this almost uniformly all through the text. Well, the verse is—you're talking about just the back half. It's, yeah, it's you're talking about the this. Verse yes. there, yeah, the, the, what, the what I mean half. is, there's this comma. There's this. Yeah, there's the this comma. almost, okay. almost, that's almost secondary it. clause that's put in. Now, what version are you going to read from? The NASB. Yeah, this uh, this includes it, correct? No, it's not included. It? No, no, no. And,
0: and what's ironic about the the, the, the New American Standard most of time it bracketizes it. Yeah. So you know, uh, for example, the ending the ending of Mark. So if I were to go over to the ending of Mark in in the uh, New American Standard, uh, Mark chapter 16, I say, uh, you know, most texts say, most critical acts say that Mark ends in chapter 16, verse uh, 8, and then verse 9 through 20 are added. Because if you go to the New American Standard and you look, verse 8, it says, they went out and fled the tomb, uh, for trembling astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, and they were afraid. Into sentence, and then you begin to bracketized uh, for the last part of that, and they tell you that that's not found in a lot of uh, manuscripts because there's three really endings of Mark. So when you go to first uh, first John five seven, it says there
1: are three that testify. Semicolon. That's it. Okay. That's it. So let's go back to a traditional this majority text version mm-hmm. Byzantine text of that. There is a strand of somewhere between eight. And 12 manuscripts that were utilized and collated to form what we call the Textus Receptus. The oldest one goes back to 1000 AD. I believe I said that in the last episode. The newest one went up to right around 1400 and something. Now these were beginning to be put together in the 1500s, the first by Erasmus, later by Stephanus, uh, Robert Estienne, which means Stephen in French. Okay, mm-hmm. that's who it is. Uh, he's called Stephanus, which means Stephen in Latin. And then you have uh, his son who then commissions a man named Theodore Beza out of Geneva, Switzerland. He's an associate, actually assistant elder to John Calvin John at the time. David. And he begins to continue the work of, of, of Stephen's father, Stephanus. And they do what is basically, we now call the basis for the Textus Receptus, or TR. And that's just Latin for receipt. Text. And it says, in the most famous version of that is the King James Version. Okay, So let's read it from there. It says, For there are three that bear record in heaven, comma, the Father, comma, the Word, comma, and the Holy Ghost; semicolon, and these three are one. Verse eight, and there are three that bear witness in earth: the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. Now, in the English Standard Version, which uses the uh, the a, a now standard text, but it is having variants. These are these are the these are variants from that other. Standard text, the TR. It says, For there are three that testify, semicolon, as you said in the New American Standard. That's it. Well, Then it goes to verse 8, the spirit and the water and the blood, and these three agree.
0: And I, I didn't read verse and 8.
1: It does not say on earth, and it didn't say that the three in heaven were... It just says there are three and that testify. So you see the difference. That's a variation. That's a variant. These two don't agree with each other. They diverge from there. And the that, New American
0: Standard does the same thing that you're saying. It sure. It says the spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement.
1: So that's a variant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now another variant, and curiously enough, we have mentioned. You mentioned in our last episode that uh, the Master Seminary in in California, John MacArthur is the chancellor of that. Uh, some groups there, including uh, was, it, was Adner, it, Chow? Adner Chow and some of the other uh, theologians who are text scholars, are putting together the Legacy Standard Bible, LSB. It is a derivative of two things, of, of actual other, other versions. It's the NASB 77 and the NASB 95. 95. And they maintain a lot of the and they, they maintain a lot of the 95, but they went back and took some things out of the 77 that they thought were better, better wording than the, than the 95. And they made some other changes. They they are still doing. The Old Testament's not complete. One such thing is they will they will use the Tetragrammaton. Yep. that's the unnamable name or the unwritable name according to the Hebrews of God in the covenant with Israel, and that is the Tetragrammaton is four characters, four letters: the the yot, the He, the vowel, and the He again. We get Yahweh. Yeah, we get that Yahweh from that because the vowels were never written Ooh. out; they were silent and inflected.
0: In our modern Bibles try to delineate that as much as possible. And
1: that's a tradition that goes all the way back to Tyndale. And it goes back to Tyndale. The King James made it popular, and a lot of translations have continued since that. Now, there were some variants over the years that used the term Jehovah, uh and there were others that have every once in a while used Yahweh. In modern times, we're talking mostly since the 80s or 90s, they take the term Lord. Capital L, capital O, capital capital R, R, capital capital D. D Yes. It's Yahweh. Yeah. That's what you're saying. You're saying Yahweh, Covenant God of then, Israel.
0: There's a lot of times in there that uh in the Psalms it says, My Lord said to my the Lord said to my Lord, and then it's and it's using um two different words. The Adonai, Adonai. for the sovereign. Sure. You know, so you've got to delineate the two of which one it is. You've got to differentiate between those two to determine. My Lord,
1: Lord, as we would say in in Old English, my liege. Yeah. My liege Lord, meaning my Lord and King. Mm -hmm. So this would be who? Jesus. This Jesus. Says to my Lord. Uh, Actually, I think the first Lord is probably Yahweh. Yahweh. My Lord, my covenant God, Yahweh, said unto my liege Lord, my sovereign King, that is Jesus. Jesus, come sit at my right hand. Mm -hmm. isn't that beautiful yeah that's found in the Old Testament and I'll make you have have, have your footstool your footstool and then we get that again in the gospel when it's quoted yes saying this is about this is about Jesus this is when he said unto, unto him and this is in Hebrew is it not and then in Hebrews what book is that found in the New Testament? I didn't know there was going to be a test. I'm, no, I don't know offhand. I, know I am Psalm. so bad. I'm fairly certain, but I'm fairly certain that Psalm is quoted in Hebrews. Nah, maybe. You may where he says. Right. I'm, actually,
0: my, I'm pretty sure it is too. I think yeah. It's of the latter half. And so,
1: so my it. my Lord said unto my Lord, come sit. Yeah, that is, come sit at my right hand, and I will make your enemies your footstool. But, okay, so that's that when sense. that's when Jesus becomes triumphant over the
0: earth. And that lets us see that there is some. It's not just if we say Lord. There's two things going on there, and these new translations allow us to be able to see that because we're not looking at the original language that has Yahweh and has the Adonai. Correct. You know, we're not looking at those two different
1: languages. So, and, and about a, a, about a, a week or so ago, uh, as we were recording this, about a week before we recorded this, I got a basically got a, a message that it was downloadable. So I got the, oh, God, the, legacy. the Gospel yes, of yes, yes, Mark... Yes. Is a free PDF. You can go to 316 Publication, like John 316. Mm-hmm. It's the numbers, 316 Publishing. Go to their website, download it for free, a PDF. All they're going to ask you for is an email address to send it to, and that'll put you on their newsletter as well if you want, and you can get updates as to when it's coming out. Now, March 5th or 15th? Have you heard which date it is? No, I don't of remember. Of 2021. It's, it's yes. going to be in time for the next Master's Conference. there's Shepherd, Shepherd's, Shepherd's conference. conference, I'm sorry. And they're planning to give it away to those in attendance. Psalms, Proverbs, and the New and Testament. And the New Testament. They will be complete and in a book. And I've actually seen a video in which John MacArthur had it laying on top of his New American Standard Preacher's Bible. And I will give a plug for 316 Publishing. Yeah, because you have one of the Preacher's Bibles. Because as
0: I... Sit here and holding my hand as we're recording this. It's probably a week old. I have looked long and hard at the preacher's Bible uh, for a long time now and saved up to be able to get this. Uh, it was a desire of mine to, to, to have it. But one of your concerns was the size. Well, I did not want the full-size one for a for a pulpit Bible, okay. a Bible that I packed that I actually preached with. I, I didn't want that. I wanted something um, because I, I preached with small notes. I preached with a five. Uh, notes, paper, size paper, so I, uh, to be honest with you, most pulpits
1: that you go to are not expositor pulpits, there's not room for notes, so you better like You really can't fit a pulpit Bible, and if you had a separate notepad on there anyway. No, and that's the reason I always said I like John MacArthur. but John MacArthur, he's got a desk there to work off. A run. standing desk. I've always been
0: jealous of that, but anyway, nonetheless. Um, so, I, I wanted the smaller uh, version, so I got the handy size. Okay. Uh, I was actually on the phone with you when I unboxed this.
1: Yes, you were. And
0: I got the one that um, has just really been released. And it is the Italian cow-hide. I Did not get the goat skin. And I have Bibles that are real leather Bibles. And I am convinced that none of them are actually real leather Bible- <laughs> Bibles. The way this because felt. this is different. It's like holding uh, butter in your hands, isn't it? It, it is. And I was... Impressed to say the least with the craftsmanship that went into this. Oh, yeah. Uh, the time that went into it, because uh, something I've looked for for the last several years has been a good pulpit Bible that I wanted to take with me. And one of the things that I always wanted was single column, verse by verse, and
1: give me some room to write in the margins. And you have decent weight paper there as well. I think they're 65. Which allows for. Very little bleed through, and you can use the right pens, especially those micron Bible pens, and you'll be able to write without it bleeding through to the other side. That is great. You have margin notes where you can take notes now. Well, and if I, you know, kind
0: of one of the the test pages for me to go to for bleed through, I will be honest with you, is go where the there's always a New Testament page in all Bibles, you know, where it it, it tells you now that you've entered the New Testament. Oh, sure, yeah. And so I, I go to the New Testament page. And when you look at it to see the bleed through, there's verse. If you
1: can read Matthew chapter one, or if there's an well, introduction to the book through that page, you've got thin paper.
0: Well, and I can read it through it, but it's very, very faint because most books I can read it. I can sit there and preach. I could. Can, I can read the chronological. Oh yeah, uh, the, the chronological uh, chronological order that it's in yeah. to go through through the birth, the genealogy. Yeah. This one, you're not going to read there. You can see a little bit, but what's so great is when you when you turn the page and you look at these as they go verse by verse.
1: It's line matched, yeah,
0: and, and so they're they're right on top of each other as they go. But I've got room very to little, grind.
1: very little ghosting, very the little ghosting.
0: Other thing that I love is it lays very flat. Yes, it lays very flat. That's no how you matter. know you've got
1: a pulpit Bible.
0: Yeah, no matter whether I'm in Genesis or or Revelation, it lays
1: very flat. And and tell them why you chose the the, the Italian leather over the goatskin. You got an extra ribbon, didn't you? I got an extra ribbon. Got three ribbon markers. I got
0: three ribbon markers versus two. And these
1: are double sided satin ribbons, so they're they're good ribbons. And if I'm not mistaken, they're pretty wide compared to most of them. They are. They are are wide. They are cut on a diagonal. You have a you have a you have an edge to them, and they're color coded, so you can set up different different things. It'll be great for when you're preaching and you've got multiple multiple addresses to go through in the Bible. It's actually ready for tomorrow. Oh, okay. I'm going to
0: be honest with you. It, it is set up for tomorrow. You like have it said, marked. Pre-marched. My text for tomorrow is Isaiah chapter six, verses one through thirteen, all verses. I will reference as we go through Uzziah's life, uh, the book of uh, the book of Chronicles that will lay out his life and what kind of king he was when he assumed the throne. And then you have the New Testament. No, I actually don't have a New Testament reference. Oh, okay, but you I, could always use Mark chapter four. If I you could, you could use Mark chapter four, but actually the next one that I have. Uh, reference to Zechariah, oh, okay, uh, chapter seven, where it talks about their heart being like flint. Sure, uh, I've got all three of those references. Of course, then in my notes, I've, my notes are are typed, and but they're handwritten on top of type too. Uh, you make fun of my notes, <laughs> but uh, but they're handwritten on top of type. But I I, I will put if I've got a, a single verse quotation, then it, it just goes embedded in the notes. That's a, that's a great Bible. It really is. And, and but, I'll tell you what, they but
1: i what. But I would say this. Uh, if you can get it, if you can afford one, whether you're a preacher or not, if you can afford one, get a really good Bible. Get one
0: because, that, like I said, that's what I was looking for, a, a Bible with durability, a Bible that I could put in my hands and, and preach from, a Bible that I could write notes in if I needed to. But there was something else I wanted that a lot of people don't. I didn't want anything in it other than Scripture. Right, right. It does have an, a, a concordance with it in the back. I, I don't mind that. But I'm talking about on the page. I didn't want commentary.
1: No, because it being single column and giving you plenty of room, you can make your own notes in the margins. You basically just have a text Bible. I have a text Bible. And I did not want references. I did right. not want cross-references.
0: Because you and I use the, the, the Treasury of Scripture Knowledge. And does it line up most, most time Most of it does. But they add some more because they don't only do... Verse. They also do the thought. So if that verse is conveying a thought, then there are a an idea or a a, a saying. Then they will put you over to the other place. It does. So it's not just looking up other words and uses of other words. Uh, so I, I kind of like being able to put my own. If there's one I want, no, I say my own, but you know the work of other people. But I just didn't want to be uh, hindered. I wanted the room to write. Right. I mean, but I'll give a plug to
1: three sixteen publishing. Hats off to those guys. Um, well, go there Go there and stuff. look at what they've got. Most of what they publish is New American Standard 95. But they're going to have a legacy. And you can pre-order now the New Testament with Psalm and Proverbs. Mm-hmm. And uh, they look good. And you they're can- going to be premium. You can go from a low-grade $29 one all the way up to a $79. This is for a New Testament.
0: Well, and I'm going to be honest with you. They also have a second edition, which has got some flaws of the big preacher's Bible they have. What did James White call it? The GTY assault Bible? Grace no, to you assault right? Bible. Grace to you assault. But they give it away one year at uh, ShipCon when it first come out, they yeah. give it away. I'd love to have one of those would be would be a great. It's not going to be one I would take, but the these margins in my in the handy size are an inch and I think those are an inch and a half. A little thicker paper in that. But like I said, it's it's a big bow I think it's nine
1: pounds, five or nine pounds. I mean, it's a massive. Well, I mean Bible. be honest with you at least, based on what they showed on the website last week, uh, the price has come down on the original to the point that it's not about fifteen dollars more than what you paid for the handy size. Yeah,
0: it, it, it has. I, you know,
1: and this handy size—well, actually, this handy size the Italian
0: cowhide. I got a little cheaper.
1: You got and you got it on sale, and, right, and then I got and, it on sale and, for faster appreciation. And, month. and thanks to a shipping issue, they wound up giving you free shipping. No, they were well, good to you. It's
0: free shipping when you order two items or more. But what happened was when I ordered it. They were showing they were in stock. And they weren't. They had not reached their office yet. And I didn't reach out to them. They reached out to me. And I had asked them if I could pay for some expedited Expedited, shipping. yeah. And uh, I asked them what the cost would be. And they give me the expedited shipping. Well, they're, they're
1: good stuff. people. And I believe the publisher is the son of John MacArthur.
0: I, I, you know, he, I don't know if he's the CEO. I don't know. But the part of 316 Publishing is uh, John MacArthur's son and... That's why kind of why I went ahead and jumped the gun on this one. I was, I, I was honestly afraid that they were going to switch all over to the LSB, and I was not going to be able to get a, a ninety-five NASB in the Preacher's Bible. That was, uh, that well, was
1: definitely a fear that well, I went ahead and pulled the trigger a little sooner than I probably would. Well, wait. now to quote Bugs Bunny, since we've taken this left turn to Albuquerque, yeah, nice. and have gone long, I do want to get us back to where we were. There, there's. There's textual variants. You're going to find them in several places. You're going to find a lot of them in the New Testament, but let's not let's not pretend that they don't exist in the Old Testament because they do as well. And and there are books on that. Uh, Benjamin Tov, Tov, is a guy that's written a couple books about that. I actually have one in a PDF format. Well, let's keep in
0: mind what the New Testament people were were actually that they, they had. Yeah, they had the Septuagint. Yes, is what they had. They were packing the Greek version.
1: Of the Hebrew Bible sure,
0: is what they were packing. So let's,
1: so they're... Well, because your scrolls would have been found, if they were still in Hebrew or if they were in Aramaic, had been translated to Aramaic, the Targums, they would have been at the synagogue. Yes. There were... There wasn't printing press. There were independent books of the Old Testament, as well as entire scrolls, that were Septuagint, they were Greek. And um, those could be found more readily. Yes And most people didn't even use Hebrew anymore. No. They, and so that was the thing. Hebrew had gone out of fashion as a language. Um, so the variants exist, and that's where a big issue comes in, getting back to the Bible translation in English, is that the King James Version uses a specific group of Greek texts, and it's not a wide margin, a wide range of texts. No, it's a very small number. It was a very things. small number and they were from a particular time frame, and so they were much later. So when you hear people say, well, these new Greek text, they use that new Greek text, then it's not new. It was, it was it more was recently found. Uh, archaeologists and guys who did a lot of treasure hunting during that time, in, beginning in the late 1700s and throughout the 1900s, especially the first half of that century, they found hundreds of manuscripts. Now, the amount of manuscripts that have been found since the mid-19th century, it's, it's gone down over time. It's getting it's, it's getting harder to find, and when they find them now, sometimes it's just fragments. But even with the fragments, and some of those are dated way back to like the early second century, you know, when you have is it like is it P seventy five and and some of those, you're talking about and that means papyrus by the way P means papyrus. Um, you're talking very early, guys. We have a much better attestation that means witnessing of the Greek text of the New Testament than any other books of
0: antiquity. If I'm not mistaken, what's the percentage? It's 99% accurate on
1: scripture, right? Exactly. And the next closest is Homer. And by the way, the the newest, the oldest Homer that we have of the Iliad of the Odyssey was written nearly 800 years after he died. Do you remember the percentage? As far as the transcription of that. and well, well, It's a very low yeah. it just seems like seventy. True, and yet it's accepted by scholars. It is is. You're, you're right. So you have to ask yourself if we're being if we're being intellectually honest. Why do people doubt the veracity and validity of the Bible? It's because it is the Bible. It's speaking it's, about life and death here. It's speaking about eternity. It's the things of God, and man tries to deny God. So if you can deny the veracity of the of the ancient text and say, well, this has to be called into question, and we had found variants here. We've got variance in every ancient piece of literature. Absolutely. But we're looking at a 99% accuracy Accurate. Yeah. I mean, I mean. But yet we question every single bit of it. Sure. Sure. But look, it's not wrong for us to take a, not necessarily skeptical, but a critical eye towards the ancient text. Oh, I agree. To look at them and compare and contrast and see if we can define which part seems more likely to be original. Now look, I want to talk about that for a minute because textual criticism is actually in a couple of different forms. There's lower criticism and there's higher criticism. The higher textual critics, which really started to rear their ugly head mostly around Germany and later into England in the 19th century, but it goes all the way back to the late 18th century, around the time they were finding all these variants, right? Is this idea, okay, now you don't have to trust the Bible anymore because it's just man-made. It's written by men. Men make mistakes. Men make mistakes in the transitioning of it from one text to the other. So you took a manuscript and you copied it by hand. Have you ever tried to copy something 100% accurate? Looking from something to the left and then ro- do it in the right. How about if you're as if you're an old wonk like me and actually had to take typing, not not computer keyboarding not in school, you're looking to your, in my case, looking to your left. I always kept the, bu- the book to my left. I'm left-handed. I don't know if everybody did in class. No, because I keep it but, to the right
0: and I'm right-handed.
1: But I did, and I kept it to the left, and I'd be typing, and I'd look down, and I'd see these mistakes. What if that was handwritten? mistakes? Sure. And so, that's all you had. So you had you had scribal, as they call. The scribes are right. the ones that read it, wrote it down. They inscribed it on the paper. The scribes made errors. There's no doubt about that. But but was it intentional? No. Well, more there were There, was there were a some. few people yeah. that tried to corrupt the text, but more than likely, if they did anything, they added to rather than took away well, from the text. Also,
0: how many of those variants deal with a primary doctrinal issue?
1: None. And that's by the way, indeed. that includes the Kama you say, yeah, but it it sums up the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit. And then you have the witnesses that's not on
0: the only place in the but if you're, you're going to
1: base your whole concept of the Trinity on that one verse, you got a problem. Yeah, it's it, the Trinity is throughout
0: the Bible and, and But look, it's in Genesis.
1: The late Chuck Missler used to talk about system jamming. It 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 was foolproof. The Bible put things a little here, a little there, a little there. Why? So that you couldn't just take it to where, well, if you remove this book, you've removed every single instance where we talk about baptism or where we talk about regeneration of the Spirit, okay, salvation. It's not found there. It's not found in one place. It's found diffused throughout the text, the Old and the New Testaments together. And that's why you can't build a doctrine on a verse. No, no. <laughs> it's in Genesis 1. The, the Trinity's in Genesis 1. Elohim, a yeah. Semitic plural, yet defining it as one God. Let us make man in our image. In the beginning, God. It should. It, you would think it would read gods if you knew Semitic languages. The I am on the end, on the end of a word, in, in, infers plurality. But it's plurality in a single voice. Yeah. And let us make man in our image. That's not a mistake. It's found in every translation, in every language. And in the Hebrew, if, if, if a person who did speak proper Hebrew, a good Jewish rabbi were to, were, to equate that, were to read that to you right now, they would tell you, technically, that should be God's. But there's no way you can read that in its semantic domain and actually say it means God's. Yes. It means God. God in heaven created the heaven and earth. Okay? So the so creator, God. Anything so, that bases a...
0: Hardline stance, doctrinal theology on one verse is a scary place to be.
1: That's right, absolutely. E- any doctrine. absolutely. I mean, now, it's a
0: scary place.
1: Now, these but there g- are
0: denominations in that world. The variants
1: became more noticeable once we started finding more texts, but there were variants early on. Okay, um, Beza inherited a a text. Okay, that had belonged to uh, Stephanus. No, had, belong- had actually come across uh, the notice of um, Erasmus, but he didn't think too much of that text, so he didn't use it. Beza thought he'd found a whole new text, and it's called Codex Bezae. Mm-hmm. Codex B, And it's got some really weird readings throughout it, if you were to actually read it in Greek and try to translate it into English, so it wouldn't work. But there's these variants. But this is the guy that codified what we call the Textus Receptus, is, 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 is Bezae. So, They never thought of themselves as putting the final word down. If you read their notes and what they wrote, by the way, they wrote books about what they had done in their manuscript collation when they started putting out the Greek New Testament in the 1500s. They said, let the reader make his mind up as to which one is accurate. There are some manuscripts that say this. There are some manuscripts that say this. It has notes
0: there, I think.
1: Yes, the translator notes. And traditionally, they would say, traditionally, the Latin Vulgate says this. Which one's right? The reader can be the judge. Erasmus was really big on saying that he tried not to take a hardline stance. Um, so you have you have these these things coming together, and between that and all the variants that had popped up in various editions of the King James, that's right, there were lots of variants within various King James what over the there, years. Th- that by th- 1750s it was becoming almost an embarrassment to the crown that they had these they had these variants, and so they wanted a standardized. So in in 1760, a guy named Paris at Cambridge. Did his Cambridge edition? Okay. Well, Oxford, not to be left behind, allowed Professor Blaney to work on his edition, and that becomes known as the Oxford edition. Now today. Now today. Yes. Now today, the the Oxford edition is less like Blaney's than it used to be. It's more like the Cambridge, with certain things that Blaney did kept, certain things that Blaney had taken out, put back in from the old sixteen eleven. Believe it or not. And also some extra changes that were done at, at, at Cambridge. That edition is now pretty much put out by everybody, okay? But then there's an American scholar who did an American King James. So, which King James are we talking about when we try to say King James only? That's that's my you know point. what's
0: sad? It's a sad reality, and I don't want I I to say it. Some people honestly think they have the 1611.
1: I know. They'll, they'll always say that. I want the 1611, but... That they, you don't own a 1611. You can get a facsimile of it. There are publishers that put it out. In 2011, there were several, uh, there were at least two different publishers that put out remakes, reprints. Mm-hmm. They're hard to read because they're written in Gothic. And they also had the Apocrypha. Yeah, they had the Apocrypha. They had the Apocrypha in that. Now, so in the 1800s, 1880s, um, following the works of Westcott and Hort, mm-hmm. okay, two Anglican scholars who had done some collation of, of these newer Greek manuscripts that they had found. Newer finds, not newer manuscripts. Older manuscripts by date. Older manuscripts,
0: older manuscripts by, by more recent.
1: They found them to be shorter in certain areas. Mark, for instance, didn't have a long ending. Mark's probably one of the big ones. Yeah, yeah. the Kama Yohannium missing from several places. But that was even found within the, the group that we call the Byzantium text. Or the, or, or the majority text.
0: Textual critics will tell you to tend to go with the shorter reading.
1: And that's usually what Hort himself said in his, yeah. one of his books. Uh, Westcott and Hort text, they tended to lean really heavily on two texts. They were the Codex. Codex means book, remember? We said mm-hmm. that last time. Vaticanus, what they were allowed to see of it. And Codex Alexandrinus, or meaning from Alexandria, Egypt. Found in Alexandria. Does it know, we don't know if it was from Alexandria, Egypt. That's where, it's, it's where it was found. And so, there, since there were lots of differences... They also decided to use a different Hebrew than what had been used for the King James. And so when they were allowed by the crown to do an update to the authorized version, a revision, there came out a version in, I think, 1888. It's called the Revised Version or the ERV, English Revised Version. This is the first of what is now today called modern Bible translations. There's nothing very modern about it at all. Now, one of the one of the key problems that a lot of people had with it was the uh, the Alma issue, when behold a virgin shall conceive, Oh. and Alma means a young maid. Mm-hmm. Some said, but you got to look at the history of what a young maid is during that time. Too. That's true, and generally speaking, without being vulgar or crass, even in English, maid or maiden is expected. Maiden to be head meant virginity. It's virginity. Is okay, what it's so the maiden head was the woman's. They're virginity. not
0: trying to remove the miracle, the miraculous birth. They're right. not trying to remove, but
1: that. some said they were because they had been influenced by the higher critics, the ones that said. Let's take a keen look at this and go, ah, this is just written by men. You, you can't be trusted. They don't, they deny miracles and, and, and all this sort of thing. They still believe that Jesus was a great teacher, but he didn't rise from the dead. That sort of thing. And you did have it. The higher critics, I understand the reluctance for people to leave the King James. For instance, Charles Haddon Spurgeon read the ERV when it came out, the RV, whichever which, which, which one you want to call it, the revised version. And he said there were some good things in there. He personally didn't believe the Comma Johannium was original.
0: It kind of goes the old saying: you can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sometimes there's good things in these translations. But
1: he said, let's be slow to throw out our traditional, sure Bible, the King James, and he found some problems with with the English Revised Version. It never set well, but there were some a lot of scholars involved, including some American scholars. Can I pause you for a moment? Sure. Let's look at what
0: he's saying. There's problems with, though. He's not saying there's problems comparing the King James to this and using the King James as standard. He is using the Greek text as a standard. To look for the issues that he's saying. So I just want to clarify that part of it.
1: I think he preferred the longer Greek text, feeling like if it if it somehow survived as long as it did for nearly a thousand years, then maybe we shouldn't throw it away. That maybe it's maybe that tradition is accurate. I would argue that if you look at the older trans if you look at the older Greek text and it's not there and it's un, almost uniformly never there, and it's not. Then it's not. Um you know, anything before 700 A.D., is probably not going to have any longer ending get Mark, things like that. Then you've got to look at where did it come no longer in. Longer ending, it just gets longer. And you find it in the Vulgate. You find it in the Latin version is where you find it. You don't even find it in the ancient Syriac and other versions, you, or Coptic. You find it in the Latin version. And um, now this goes back to why was he you ever put want in a there? good in-depth look at the longer ending
0: Mark? Listen to John MacArthur do his last sermon on the New Testament as he finished 50 years going through it. Yeah. That is ironic. It's not planned. It's yeah. God planned, but... That's his last sermon. Is that longer in the mark, and he he explains that as well as anybody. Well, he
1: calls it a suitable ending. He does suitable he, ending, a for- suitable ending because he says that verse eight is actually, if you know, if you if you're familiar with the Greek, as he is, and you're familiar with with the way Mark wrote, it makes sense that he was abruptly ending it. Yeah. Besides, remember Jesus has already prophesied his own resurrection. It's it's still in, indicated that he that his body is gone and that he arose. It's just saying that the, the ladies, the women there, were told to go and tell, and it says they they ran in fear. Mm-hmm. And because it leaves it at that, it's like, well, what happened? We, know we have that. to leave to the other gospel writers to tell you. Mark wasn't concerned with that. No, and some even
0: hypothesize that he was
1: that he was killed before then. Possibly. That, you know, there, there are theories on that. Some say there was another ending at one None point, it and it's it. gone. Uh, some say the ending is just we don't know what it is today because there it could be one... Part of several of these different endings. Uh, I will tell you this. <laughs> in this new Legacy Standard Bible, this is weird. They put the different endings in there. In they brackets, put all of them. In brackets.
0: And they, they put all you get of the
1: them. Short, you get the abrupt ending. You get the shorter additional ending. And you get the long version. Yep.
0: It's weird. You, yeah, there were a the few to do that. There's not Now, many to now do that. I
1: don't know why. And we don't know why yet. Because if you look at your PDF, it's just text only. And so there's no translator notes. Well i When you get if, I wonder if there even will be in the New Testament. I don't know, but maybe not they may save all that to the final version well, you know of the full Bible, Bible, Bible. But there will probably but there will have to be explanatory notes that explain why did we do this? Why did we put this well, in here? And um And what's our feeling on it? We already know MacArthur's feelings. Yeah, we he know has he said, said it should end at verse eight. That's his opinion.
0: And I don't have a problem with putting it. In. I, you know, the numeric Standard we talked about put a, you know in our bracket. I don't. Just let me know. Yeah, that's all I ask. Let me know. Well, New numeric Standard know. was
1: always good about that. You know, and I remember one time we were talking. You were like, just leave it in, but put it off in some way where you know that hey, not everybody believes this is real.
0: Yeah, because what's the catch-all verse? Everybody goes to the same verse to see if it's in there.
1: Matthew. Matthew 18, 11,
0: is it? Uh, it's, it's eleven. 11 18.
1: Is that 11, 18, Eleven, 18.
0: Or 11 18. ten.
1: It's 11, 18 is that that's where uh for the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And, it's a and that's over in Luke and they were just harmonizing and we, and we talked are, about that the last time harmonizing them and, but that's
0: the go to for everybody. Anybody that grabs your ver- grabs your bible to look at what version you've got <laughs> go to Matthew to see if it's there.
1: Well, the English revised version was not popular in America. Okay? American scholars did sit on that revision, believe it or not. And they tended to have some differences and they wanted to publish their version that would have show the differences. They were not allowed to by a certain deal that went on and a copyright issue with, you know, the crown. What they had to do was wait so many years and then they could do it. And guess what that is? That is the American Standard version of which the New American is based on. It comes out in 1901. They're finally allowed to do it. And the American Standard differs from the, from the English Revised Version. The American Standard version mm-hmm. is very stiff, very wooden. Still uses a lot of archaic words. Actually, so did the ERV or RV, however you want to put it, the revised version. So, um, again, but that's the beginning of the, of the modern era of Bibles is the ERV or ERV from 1888 and then the 1901 American version called the American Standard Version, ASV. That is the beginning of it. But those, those three Bibles, the King James, the RV, English revised version, and the American Standard Version are are now the three texts that stick around for a long time. And you're going to find, if you look in older uh, commentaries and such from the first half of the 20th century, one of those three versions is going to wind up being presented. Either the King James, the Revised Version, or the American Standard Version. Now, there's going to be a break from that in the mid-20th century. And it's going to begin, really kind of really begin, with a version that we call the RSV, -hmm. Revised standard version. I believe it comes out in fifty-one or fifty-two. We're going to pick that up next time. Okay, let's stop there because we've gone long. Uh, We're yeah, we're well over. Well, we're right at an hour. So let's just stop there. No, let's just stop there, Chaylon, and we'll pick up next time at the middle of the twentieth century because this is where it gets. This is where it gets dicey. This is where it starts changing. You start getting all these different versions now. It's where we get to today. With this it's plethora plethora of versions that you can choose from. And, okay, another little thing I'll throw out there for a recommendation. If you don't have a good Bible app, there is, of course, Version. It's free.
0: Yeah, it's very good, too.
1: There is the Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, it's free, free and also very good. And Olive then, Tree. Olive Tree. And then let's get to my personal favorite nowadays, the one I use the most. The, one that's on, the only one I still have on my phone. I have my tablets. I have the other versions. I use Bible Hub. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can find an interlinear on there. You can do parallels with different Bibles side by side. It's great. Get Bible Hub. Go to BibleHub.com and download it. Go to the go to the yeah. app store and, and download it. Do what you gotta do. But but get Bible Hub, you're gonna find a lot of good stuff on there. They're very conservative. Now I'm gonna
0: plug something else. I'm gonna plug Logos. Yeah. Because you know I use Logos I, a lot.
1: I, I have Logos as well. You use it
0: too. I, I have it on it?
1: my phone and my and my computer.
0: I use Logos a lot, and there is some cost not for the engine itself uh there's a free version of the engine you could get i don't know if it comes with any books but you can just buy the books as you go you know you were talking about interlinear you can get yourself a good interlinear on there um and
1: then some very simple they've actually they've actually designed their own what they call reverse interlinears And and they're interactive and, and what you can do, if you're going to do that, it's better to do it on your computer it's with the biggest screen you've got possible. Well, but on your phone, the the mobile version, it's not going to be look as good. It's not as good. But what you do is you so you have the New American Standard up,
0: and then you can hit your Greek tool, and it'll give you the Greek as you go, and it'll give you the inner interlinear what words they use. And then there's a numbering system below that you can click on, and it'll pull up. Like for
1: me, it pulls up mounts a lot of times. You know, then I've got some hard and back. and Dr. Michael Heiser, an Old Testament scholar, he works for them and he does works he them. does a lot of their stuff. Actually, he works on their Old Testament interlinear. He, he works on a lot of their stuff. Then I
0: have Kittle. Uh, I use Kittle a lot. The New Testament. That is K I T T E L. He was a German. Yeah, I use Kittle a whole lot. There's a lot. B DAG's good. Now, now I do agree with James White. Like, get the your get the get the older. Get an older B
1: DAG. Uh B DAG has changed and gotten very uh let's they're keeping with the times, a very I, liberal interpretation of certain words.
0: Yeah, and so you, you get one of those is good, but yeah, I, I would plug Logos because of the usability, and
1: I'm going to plug the Zondervan Interlinear. Because look, guys, you get a giant hardcover, and it's big, and it sits on your. You can just keep it on your study desk. It's not a, you don't carry this to church, okay? It's going to have the Greek and the Interlinear. It's going to, and it's a reverse Interlinear. Uh, that's interesting, but I'll explain that maybe someday. And then you're going to have two translations for built in free. You got the New American Standard '95, and you got the 1984 NIV. And it's an interesting, eclectic text uh, that's not just like, it's not like the, the TR, and it's not exactly like the Nesley allen which we haven't talked about yet. We're going to get to that. Well, we'll so, do the UBS 4, sure. the NA-27, yeah. 28,
0: whatever Yeah, you we're going to talk to 5. that. We
1: will we'll pick all that stuff up so
0: next time. Which interlinear do I have? You you remember that better than I do. I use one all the time. It's got the NRSV, I know, but I can't remember who made that. Yeah.
1: Um, who does
0: publish it? I cannot that? remember who published it and I wish That has got the 1989
1: the New Revised Standard Version mm-hmm. which is the update of the RSV it's um, a really good interlinear and it's got an interlinear built- in and that is the na27 I believe no 26 it's a 26 yeah because that's when that's what would have been out in 89 that's yeah, a 20 so it's a 26 and I wish I had to bring it which is the same one they used for the nasb95 and, and it is it's a smaller 26. version that you could pack
0: to, to church it's smaller than yes it's the reader's version it's, it's about the, the size version. of your Bible maybe yeah. or it's smaller. smaller
1: yeah there's a bigger version it's, yeah. a, it's about 8 to $10 more. And I'll have to look and see. But that's I'll more do. for home use. If I'd you wanted look. to pack it, get that one that you're talking about. You'll have to look that up and let us know next time what it is, Who I'll, published I'll it. it. And uh, I believe that one can be found pretty cheap.
0: I, I paid 16 bucks for
1: it. Yeah. I paid $16 for it. And, it, it, man, it is a great study
0: tool. Uh, it is a, a, a great. i would tell you another good book that I would get for it. Um, the, it's called the, lingu- the linguistic key to the New Testament. Uh-huh. Um, that's a really good book as far as getting the
1: who who does that? Who wrote it? Uh, it's
0: German, and I can't remember. It's okay. the only linguistic key that is available. Okay. Um,
1: it, it, you now, is it available on Logos or whatnot?
0: It's available on Logos, but
1: and there's other things besides Logos. There's a, there's Cordian, there's Accordance, and there's also Olive Tree. You mentioned Olive Tree mm-hmm. already. They also do an online uh, a system. Besides their Bible app. And so all three of those are probably yeah. recommended. But, but of course, you used to do the Word Search, and word Bible search, Word Search, but it's now par- incorporated into Logos. Yeah,
0: I messed that up because they, you could have Word Search. Word Search was really, they got sold because they didn't concentrate a lot on profits. They that was a division getting, of LifeWay, wasn't yeah, it? They concentrated on getting the books in people's hands, so there were some really good deals. Man, if I had to do it over again, I would have bought every book they had. Now that's transferred over. Um, yeah, you've got I've them all been, in one site now. Don't yeah, you? I've got them all in one place. That was always my complaint. I didn't want them in two thirty place because there's been several times I've been. Where's the commentary from Matthew, especially the New American Commentary? Well, I would forget it was over in uh, it was over in Word Search, but but anyway, we've wrapped it up. Let's 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 say our goodbyes, and uh, next time we'll pick up the twentieth century with Bible translations, and I'll remember to bring that interlinear next time too, so we'll take a look at it.
1: All right, well, we're praying for you. You continue to pray for us. Support us in any way you can. Uh, give us a like. Give us a recommendation. Recon- tell other people about us, but you can also d- do the... Um, rate you, us on your podcast. Yeah, there you go. That would be. Thanks,
0: so, Jalen, for bailing me out. And then uh, don't forget to email us. We'd love to hear your comments at uh, comments at com. Also, um, just feel free to email us on your thoughts, your questions. Um, recommendations, yeah, recommendations for topics. Um uh, Please no lewd comments, please. Correct. And uh, those will just simply be ignored. Well, uh, thanks, Jalen. This was fun. Hey, had a blast, man. Can't wait till next time. We'll be back in a couple weeks.